0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Fish Bites, the Miami Herald's Miami Marlins podcast. I'm Jordan McPherson, and I'm finally back in South Florida after... 12 days on the road covering the Marlins' last road trip. San Francisco, Denver, Anaheim, four days in each. A long trip, a busy trip. And considering how it started, what the Marlins did to close out the trip, they're justifying this as a successful trip. When we last spoke a week ago, the Marlins were 1-3. They lost two of three games against the San Francisco Giants, and they dropped their opener against the Colorado Rockies. They ended up finishing the trip at even five hundred, five five wins, five losses. Uh, one and two against San Fran, one and three against Denver, and then a perfect three game sweep against the Los Angeles Angels over the weekend. And again, considering they started one and three to go five and five and stay two games above 500, 28 and 26 on the season, that's the best that the Marlins could have asked for with where things stood at the beginning. Three really clutch wins against an Angels team that has been hot there, also there right now, 29 and 26. And again, they've got the studs in Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. So how do you sum up this trip as a whole? Uh, a few quick thoughts for me. I wrote a bunch of this on, that and went online Sunday, Monday, but just to recap a few of my thoughts from what the Marlins were able to do on this road trip, the offense finally got going. And that's one of the biggest things that this team needed. Over the 10 games, they recorded 105 hits. That's 10 and a half per game. They set a franchise record with six consecutive games with at least 11 hits. They're in the top 10 in MLB in batting average. They're hovering around the middle of the league in slug and OPS. So the first steps, getting guys on base, they're getting there. The runs, the runs scored per game. And again, that slug, that's still a work in progress. Again, despite averaging more than 10 hits per game on the trip, Miami only scored 45 runs to 4.5 runs per game average. It's nearly a run per game improvement. Over the 3.6 runs per game that they had heading into the road trip, but it could have been so much more. They only went 24 for 97 with runners in sporting position, 247 average. They left 82 guys on base and they hit into 15 double plays. There was a lot more for the taking, and that's those clutch hits really cost them in the Rocky series in particular. The first two games that they lost, they went, I believe it was combined two for 19. With runners in scoring position, they left 18 or 19 guys on base. You can't do that, especially in a place like Coors Field. But you're starting to see the foundation. Like I said, a lot of guys started stepping up. And one of those guys, Jorge freaking Soler, man. Uh, home runs in six of 10 games. He had a stretch of five consecutive games with at least one home run. That matches the lar- longest streak in MLB this year. Uh, it's second in Marlins history beyond- behind just... Giancarlo Stanton's run of six straight games of the home run that he had in that 2017 season when he slugged 59 homers. Uh, Soler's up to 17 home runs on the season. It's tied for second in MLB, and he's done it in 52 games. He's already surpassed what he did all of last year, uh, only had 13 home runs in 72 games last year before being sidelined by the back and groin injuries. And what we're seeing from Jorge Soler right now, this is what the Marlins envisioned when they signed him, the offseason ahead of the 2022 season. A guy who could mash home runs and with one swing of the back end just instantly change a game. The Marlins wanted that. Again, they signed him for that $12 million deal last year with options for $15 million this year $9 million next year. If he's able to keep doing this, he's very likely, he's working his way into all-star game consideration. I would assume a home run derby invites him to be coming his way. And most importantly, he's, giving the Marlins that power, the middle of the order that they need for a lineup that has been highly constructed for contact to be contact oriented. I mean, with guys like Luis Arise, who's still hitting around the 370 mark and guys like Yuli Gurriel, who had a really good road trip, hit 481, 13 for 27, a double, two triples, four walks and struck out just three times. Skip Schumacher needs to continue to find ways to get Yuli Gurriel into this lineup. And I know that they're struggling trying to find that balance between playing all three of Jorge Soler, Garrett Cooper, and Yuli Gurriel at the same time. Jorge Soler has mostly been the DH. Gurriel mostly only been getting starts at first when Cooper isn't in the lineup. They're both righties. But with Yuli having a really good road trip and Cooper, who had a couple clutch home runs and a clutch ball in play that led to an error that ended up being an error, but got the ball in play to start that four-run tenth inning on Saturday. Uh, outside of a couple clutch hits, Cooper had a Cooper really struggled on the road trip, so maybe this opens up a path to get Yuli in the field more. We'll see, but again, Yuli Gurriel has been. Great, right, both on the field and just a clubhouse presence, both him and Jorge Soler. His teammate uh, teammates have raved about how having both of them has helped the team as a whole in terms of their routine, their personality, their makeup, and just what they are willing to do to help the team get better. Uh, on the pitching side, Braxton Garrett probably impressed me the most out of everyone in the rotation throughout in his two starts. Six and a third shutout of innings against the Giants in the Marlins 1-0 win in San Fran, the only win they got in San Francisco. And then he held the Rockies to two runs over five innings in his start out there. Uh, overall, Marlins pitching for Marlins starting pitching a 4.00 ERA, 24 earned runs over 54 innings. Not fantastic, but considering where the Marlins rotation has been this year, it's actually a step in the right direction. And, Nine of the 10 games, the Marlins got at least five innings from their pitchers. They got three total quality starts, at least six innings, no more than three earned runs. One apiece from Braxton Garrett, one from Sandy, and one from Edward Cabrera. Going to talk a little bit more about Yuri Perez later on. We'll get to him in a bit and a little bit more in depth. And then on the flip side of the pitching situation, Bullpen got a well-deserved day off on Monday again. 54, only 54 innings out of about, uh, about 100 or in the mid-90s covered by the rotation. So the Pens still had to pick up close to 40 innings. And the Marlins somehow managed to make it through the entire trip and this entire 13-day stretch. Remember, they had three games against the Nationals before this as well without an off day, nearly two full weeks, without having to make a move with their relief core. Andrew Nardi pitched in six games. Tanner Scott, five, including three consecutive, including a set of back-to-back-to-backs. Steven Oker, five, including two back-to-backs. Dylan Floro, four games, including three straight at one point. JT Chargois, who, again, is just coming back off of injury, five of the ten games. Matt Barnes and Brian Hoeing, four games each. Hoeing's were all four days in a row. Granted, one of the games he only threw one pitch, but still had to go through the warm-up process and getting up and getting hot and getting ready. And for a guy who's been a starter his entire career, that was new for him. And then Oscar Brazabon, three. And because so many of these games were close, the majority of the innings pitched by the rotation were high leverage. So a good job by the bullpen overall. There were some rocky spots, yes, but when they're being used as much as they have been, that's almost inevitable and asked and expected at this point. For the most part, they held, they held themselves, they held their own, especially in that series in anaheim and one last guy who i need to shout out before moving on to the second half of the episode jonathan davis i mean just the week that he's had the marlins traded for him on monday uh sending minor league outfielder prospect brady allen to the detroit tigers he's a center fielder he's been somewhat of a journeyman 10th 10th year in pro ball 171 mlb games before this Sub 200 batting average, sub 550 OPS, was brought in to basically hold down center field until Jazz Chisholm Jr. is back and ready to go. Really, the expectations were play defense and don't, and honestly, just don't look extremely bad on offense. His first two games, he gets six hits over the course of the entire road trip, score six runs, hit a home run, drew a few walks, had some good, some clutch plate appearances. And really stepped up overall. Overall was a 364 batting average, 8 for 22. Six of those eight hits came in the first two games. And it was back-to-back three-hit games after never having a three-hit game over any of his first 171 big league games. It's a great story. Uh, he found out he was being traded actually when he was getting a haircut on Monday after uh, after the Toledo Mud Hens just finished a road trip that was out in Omaha. Had a 12-hour bus ride back. And were able to. He got home, play play around the golf, and then got a hair was getting a haircut and got a call from the Tigers president of baseball operations going, yeah, we think we're trading you. And then shows up at the Marlins a day later, and then a day after that, got into the starting lineup and hasn't left. So it's a good story for him. We'll see how the story continues over at least the next couple weeks. But yeah, a very good start for Jonathan Davis here. And then the one guy who we're going to be keeping an eye on all season, Ery Perez, Marlins top prospect, the number, a consensus top five prospect in all of baseball. Again, the Marlins are still being extremely cautious with him. He threw four, he made into the into the fifth inning against Colorado, and then threw five shutout innings against the Angels on Sunday to help set up the two zero shutout victory for the Marlins. And it wasn't just a shutout performance. He struck out Shohei Ohtani once. He struck out Mike Trout once and he was amped up for that performance. Uh, he met, got to meet Shohei Ohtani last year when the two of them were both out in LA for All-Star Game festivities. Uh, they are both part of the same agency, CAA. And when he saw Shohei Ohtani walk into the party that CAA was holding in LA during the All-Star break, he looked at himself and well, he thought to himself, man, I have to get a picture with this guy. Who knows when I'm going to get to. See him when I'm gonna to get to face him. It took Yuri ten months from that from that party to be able to face him. Uh, got the strikeout the first inning. Uh, Shohei has single the second time around. But overall, just the poise and maturity that we're seeing from a kid who, again, is 20 years, one month, and 15 days old, is just inspiring and jaw dropping to see. And I actually talked with Yuri in colorado on thursday the last day that they were in colorado before his start in anaheim just about how he's handling everything that's going on how he's living in the moment and finding a balance between being almost carefree and also knowing the importance of doing what he can to show the marlins that he can and he deserves to be here long term here's that interview with a great assist from Marlon's PR staff member and team interpreter, Louis Durante Jr. The main thing I want to talk with you about is your routine between starts, especially now that it's four days versus five days like it was in the minors. Just how have you approached that since you got up here and what is a typical. Routine for you from for your days in between starts.
2: ¿Me saber un poco más de lo que es la rutina de tu preparación, qué estás haciendo hoy en día aquí en este nivel? Estás cada días. Normalmente antes cada días. ¿Qué cambios has hecho en tu rutina o cómo haces para prepararte para y para no, yo cuando cuando termino de lanzar el otro día no no
1: no tiro. A Salvador, Gimnasio, corro mucho. Y nada, en la semana después uh, trato de, de lanzar un poco a 90 pies. Eh, nada, y manteniendo el brazo que, que descanse para el día de juego.
2: No, it's just like this it's a big lead routine right now, you know that I have to like after I pitch I don't I don't I don't use my arm next day at all. I just do some uh I'll go to the weight room, do some uh leg, Work uh, after that, then I do my 90 feet, uh, worked out on the third day, um, and, and continue doing some uh, the care in the training room. You know, the same routine to relax the arm, get it healthy, and prepare for the next start.
0: And you feel like you've adjusted well to that? no it's only been a few starts in. Do you feel like you've adjusted to having the one less day so far?
2: And do you think you've adjusted to have that less day to prepare for you? What other has have you done, for example, in the studio to prepare for you? Yes,
1: yes, I'm still doing it. I'm getting used to it. I'm feeling good now nada antes de los juegos yo trato de ver algunos algunos videos de los muchachos y de ver cuáles son los picheos que ellos no les favorecen y eso y cuál es la debilidad de ellos y también trato de hablar con él el pitching coach y que me diga también qué él piensa y ahí tratamos de combinar un poquito yeah
2: sometimes just a routine getting getting used to uh, to doing what I have to do I uh, also um, I'm building on my routine, uh, uh, you know, the watching videos uh, against the team I'm going to face, like what are the weaknesses, go over with Mel about how to get those outs or, or get ahead in, uh, on some of the hitters that, that we're going to be facing on that, that, that day.
0: And just overall, what have these last couple of weeks been like for you, just being up here to three starts in, just how are you staying, living in the moment while you're going through the start of your big career as young as you are?
2: ¿Y cómo ha sido ese, ese par de semanas, me entiendes, eh, ¿me entiendes? De, de mantenerte aquí en el momento, a pesar de pues, hay, ya vienes tres salidas, pero te mantienes en el momento de que tu salida
1: hasta Ah, increíble, eh, tratando de, de pertenecer aquí al equipo, de que no haga una vuelta atrás, sino de quedarme aquí y seguir compitiendo, seguir haciendo un buen trabajo y mantenerme en salud, que eso es lo primero eh no me siento bien, me, me estoy acomodando aquí tratando de, de tener más confianza, de salir allá afuera con más confianza, de relajarme un poquito y nada y disfrutar el juego solamente.
2: No, just uh, it's it been incredible. I think it just uh, I don't want any any setbacks, I wanna stay here, up here competing with all my teammates and helping the team uh, being working uh, really hard um out there to competing and trying to get better and and, and and getting better with um with my confidence as well that's the thing the... how much how much fun are you having divertido <laughs> <laughs>
1: muy muy divertido es un sueño logrado entonces cada momento cada oportunidad me divierto eh lo disfruto al máximo
2: It's been a lot of fun, you know, every time I go out there, that's what I try to do. Uh, I don't want uh, that to change, and every time I go out there, I give everything everything I got.
0: And uh, with two of your pitches specifically, your fastball first, how do you generate so much spin on it? What is it about your release or your grip that lets you get so much spin
2: on that pitch? que cómo es eso que cómo tú le logras crea tanta rotación a la recta, o sea, es una forma en que lo agarra, cómo la
1: suelta. O sea, no creías eso? Sí, desde eh, de, de pequeño he tenido una buena soltura desde el brazo, eh, de que llegué aquí a los Marley esa fue una de las cosas que hicieron para pa, yo poder estar aquí, pertenecer a, a la organización. Eh, nada, eso es, yo creo que la acción de brazo mía y la forma de yo soltar la bola es algo natural en verdad.
2: Yeah, it's been something that my, uh, my release has always been like that uh, since I started throwing the ball, uh, and, and they capitalized that when I got here with the Marlins. Uh, but I will say, it's just uh, uh, the way I throw it and when I release it, it's just a matter of my arms.
0: And then your changeup, it was. Really good pitch for you last year. I know you haven't used it as much since you got up here. Is that just a matter of the game plan, or is it something you want to hopefully start incorporating more as you continue continue up here?
2: Y el cambio es algo que siempre se ha ha sido notable de, de, de tu repertorio. Eh, no lo no has usado tanto aquí arriba. Es algo parte del plan o es algo que estás guardando para para pa usar después?
1: No, no, tratando de coger la confianza eh, con la nueva bola y eso y no, we're going to continue to play. We're going to try to play because it's one of the best pitchers I have. So, tratando de going eh, nah, yeah, to try to get the confidence here. And for the next one, we're going to
2: try to It's just a work in progress. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get that confidence with this new baseball, still. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, um, but uh, I need to continue practicing and, and get that confidence so I can use it more in the game. So.
0: And with that, thank you again to Erie Perez and thank you to Louis Durante Jr. for helping with that interview. And we'll see what happens next. Yuri's next start is going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday against the Oakland Athletics. It's going to be a great series. Marlins are going to be throwing Cabrera, Cabrera, Yuri, and Sandy in that series. Speaking of this home stand ahead, Marlins really need to capitalize here. They've got nine straight games all against the Padres, the Oakland, Oakland Athletics, and the Kansas City Royals. Combined, they have a 318 win percentage entering the series. The uh, Oakland only has 11 wins. Kansas City, 17 wins. The Padres are hovering closer to 500, but still has been a very down year for a team that a lot of people, myself included, picked to make it to the World Series and win the World Series. So, rough start for the Padres. Marlins face them Tuesday through Thursday. Then they face Oakland Friday through Sunday. And then they face Kansas city Monday, the Wednesday to wrap up this road trip. They need to capitalize here. Ideally at minimum six and three would be what you would think would be a very good home stand on this front. And if they can get more, it'd be great. Again, they are two games over 500. They're second in the NL East. If they can try to create some separation between them and the Mets below them and possibly start catching up to the Braves above them, It'd be very good for them as they enter June. And another positive, they could be getting some reinforcements on the way. Outfielder Jesus Sanchez played three games of rehab assignment with Triple A Jacksonville. Obviously, Al Garcia started one on Monday. Left-handed pitcher Trevor Rogers is expected to begin a bull, uh, rehab assignment with Single A Jupiter this week. And closer AJ Puck through a bullpen session on Saturday. And the Marlins said either the next step is sending him out to a rehab assignment or potentially just straight-up activating him and bringing him back to the roster, which would give a little bit of relief to that bullpen. It's going to be an interesting week and a half on this homestand. We'll be covering it all the way. And with that, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Fish Bites. Thanks so much, as always, for tuning in. Uh, We'll be back next week with an update from the midway point of this homestand and to wrap, wrap up and summarize the first two months of the season. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll be back next week.